0: That was really good
1: Fantastic, absolutely brilliant
0: Loretta Maine is fabulous
1: It was quite an interesting debate between Mark Thomas and Susan Kalman which is quite amusing
0: I thought it was brilliant Such a good thing to be able to take part of for free
2: First time I've seen most of them and I really enjoyed
0: Susan Kalman's wonderful I thought it was
3: brilliant, a
1: really good fan <laughs> Amnesty Secret Comedy Podcast Susan Kalman.
4: Welcome back to Amnesty International Secret Comedy Podcast, live from the underbelly with me, Susan Kalman. Thanks to everybody who's downloaded the podcast so far, and thank you for getting us into the top 10 of the UK podcast show. First guest is just simply one of the best headliners on the UK comedy circuit. Actor, writer, presenter, and musician who's been naked on TV in front of Anne Robinson, who hasn't. Last year, a critic claimed his show was like spending an hour in a comedy jacuzzi. If that's true, then let's crack open the champagne and turn up the jet stream. Please welcome, Phil Nicolle!
5: Oh, Thank you very much. How are we all? Are you in a good mood? Yeah, great. I am too. I, am, I think there's a bit of a problem with an, informa- an information overload right now. Um, you know, uh, there's too much information. You know, it used to be nice and simple. I remember when a packet of salt and vinegar crisps used to be called salt and vinegar crisps. But I bought a packet in a bar the other day, and it said on it, Irish Sea Salt and Suffolk Cider Vinegar Crisps. Like, I need to know where the salt is from. Um, <laughs> You know, excuse me, barman, before I accept these crisps, I'd like to know the origin of the salt on this one. I know it's going to give me heart disease, but I want to make sure it's the finest heart disease. <laughs> heart disease from the Ardoyne regions of France, thank you very much, and, and Suffolk cider vinegar. Well, that's put my mind at ease, and for a minute there I thought it was from across the county line in Essex, and I don't want Essex vinegar on my crisps, thank you very much. I want my vinegar to come out of a ke- vat of chemicals in Suffolk, a bit of class. You know, Suffolk Cider, Suffolk Cider Vinegar. I say, so sea salt and Suffolk Cider Vinegar crisp. We only use the best ingredients. Well, that's not true, because if we only use the best ingredients, there wouldn't be crisps at all. It'd be something else entirely different, a lobster. Uh, <laughs> It infuriates me. And and not only do they give us too much information, they want too much information. You know, everyone needs to know everything about us. I don't think, I'm I'm uncomfortable with that, to be honest. You know, I mean, when you register for a a dentist, you gotta put uh, your emergency contact number. You gotta have an emergency contact number for everything. And so I just changed my emergency contact number. My emergency contact number is now 999. Yeah, I don't know, I didn't think of it before. Uh, Some people have their family, relatives. I like to go to the professionals in the case of an emergency. I'm through trusting these amateurs. I used to have my father. I used to have my father down as my emergency contact number. Then I realized, what the fuck does he know? Uh, no, he doesn't know CPR. He's in his 80s. He's useless up a ladder. He's shit in a rescue situation, and he lives in Canada. So that's not gonna. Uh, very help- I used to have my girlfriend down as my next of kin, and that was the, the, the milestone of our relationship. You know, not getting a cat and not moving in into I had my girlfriend down as the next of kin, and just as I got her down as next of kin and everything, she dumped me. Uh, yeah, She suddenly went from the person who would least like to hear I was having a tragic accident, to the person who would most like to hear I was having a tragic accident. Um, you know, Martha would be very pleased. Please don't tell her. Actually, the, the thought of her enjoying my slow, painful death has kept me alive on a number of occasions, so it does work. <laughs> for a while there, I didn't have a next of kin at all. I was between next of kins, and officialdom could not handle it. The dentist was like, you gotta have a next of kin. You gotta have a next of kin. I'm like, why? In case you have a cardiac arrest in the chair. I'm here for a polish. What are you cleaning my teeth with, an ax? <laughs> I was in a maternity ward. They said, who's your next of kin? I'm like, I'm making him. So I fuck with them now. Who's your next of kin? God, you can't put God. Who do you want to contact in case you die? Put God, tell him I'm coming to have my room ready. (laughs) You can't have God, it's gotta be a relative. He's my father, he's everybody's father. You can't put God, okay, how about my brother Jesus then? (laughs) My next of kin, his code name, Black Mamba, but that's all I can tell you about him. It's ridiculous how much information you got to give them just for the simplest operation. The dentist needed proof of ID. Okay, why? Why does the dentist need a proof of ID in case I've had my dental work done under a pseudonym? You know, my, my teeth drilled as Jonathan Wilberforce, my root canal is Dudley Smith? Fuck off! And, and, and the other thing is, if they are curious about who I am, why don't they just make reference to their dental records? They seem to know who every other fucker is. When, when the police can't identify a body, they go to a dentist, you know? They know whoever. So when I go into my dentist's office now, they say, name please. I say, why don't you tell me? And why hasn't there been like one that's really good at it? A dentist who's so good at it, he can show him a half-eaten sandwich, and he says, uh, uh, Larry Garden, uh, Brentwood, Sussex. <laughs> yeah. That's a TV show I'd watch, The Denture Detective. (laughs) With his catchphrase, I've got a gnawing suspicion. (laughs) I don't even know why we worry about biometric passports. Why worry about letting terrorists into the country? You know, don't worry about it, you should have a dentist at the border saying, open wide, say ah, in you go. (laughs) Open wide, say ah, in you go. Open wide, no teeth, obviously Scottish, in you go. (laughs) Ah, come on. (laughs) Open wide, say, ah, straight shiny teeth. You're obviously American. As long as you realize this is a border agency, I'm gonna be unbelievably rude to you just to see how you fucking like it. In you go. Don't do this, girls. I was in bed with my ex-girlfriend, and she, was, she said to me, she went, Phil, if you could just change one thing about me cosmetically, would it be? I was like, "Uh no, baby, you're perfect." Mm-hmm. She said, "No, baby, if you, I know I'm not perfect, but there's one thing about me, what would you change cosmetically? What would it do?" Like, "No, baby, you're mm-hmm. baby, you're so wonderful." She said, "No, no, no. No, no, no. I know you're lying. If you could change one thing about me cosmetically, I change loads of things actually." Uh <laughs> She's a brunette, right? So I said, maybe you have like short blonde hair, a little bit of a hairband, you know? A button nose, high cheekbones, you know? That'd be nice, That kind of cute, right? Maybe a, a fitness, sort of sportsy physique, uh, toned abs, nice thighs and calves. Then I realized I'm describing Fernando Torres. Uh, <laughs> I know, and I couldn't get him out of my mind, like, yeah! I know, I, all I can see is sit him sitting on the ground after meeting a sitter with, with that like little pout he gets just before he gobs, and he's looking up at me with those big Spanish eyes. And it improved our sex life, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, you guys have been great. My name is Phil Nichols, bye-bye.
4: from an infinite monkey cage tour with Robin Ince and Brian Cox, please welcome our next guest, Helen Arney!
0: <laughs> uh, so, hello, my name's Helen. Uh, I used to study science. Uh, do we have any scientists in the house? Yeah! Ooh. Ooh. Do, yeah more than usual. Brilliant. So, uh, I'm going to do a little love song for you. I've been watching your behaviour And I think you're in so if you're lonely, well, I'm here to save ya. Let's get out of here and get us around yeah. Let's make love like animals. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. Let's make love exactly like other animals, get your zoology to book out. Turn to page 69, everyone. Uh, let's make a love like rabbits a hundred times a week. Uh, let's make a love like hedgehogs, you know, carefully. Uh, let's make a love like salmon living in fresh water. You do it in the bath, and I'll come and pick it up later. Let's make love It's been happening since the Stone Age Like cats, but that's doggy style as well, so it doesn't really count (laughs) Uh, Let's make love exactly like other animals But mostly dogs Open up that Wikipedia page Let's step this up now Uh, Let's make love like Anglerfish. you might try this one at home (laughs) because it's kind of complicated, but it's worth it. This is genuinely what happens. You use your highly developed olfactory sense to smell me from several miles away and swim towards me for several days. (laughs) And then you bite me, (laughs) and that releases an enzyme that then dissolves your skin and your flesh and your face and your fins, leaving only a pair of genitals attached to the side of my body is what happens and a female anglerfish will get this uh, happening to her several times in her life. She'll just collect them like fridge magnets or shoes or Pokemon and eventually if you fish a very old female anglerfish out of the deep dark ocean you will discover that she is literally covered in balls. (laughs) Let's make love like animals yeah it's like GCSE but sexy I know what will get you in the mood to love like an animal I'll get out my David Attenborough DVDs So we're sitting on the sofa with a cup of tea Do you fancy it, season? I've never seen a praying mantis in HD Do you know what they just did? You know just before they did it she ripped his head off and ate it! really? It's a no from Susan? I <laughs> guess we'll end up being the same animals we've always been. Pandas. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day, sis. <clears throat> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Helen Arnie, give her a huge round of
4: applause. <laughs> A comedian who cares? He's campaigned to change policies and opinions all around the world and somehow managed to keep his serious subject matter funny, engaging, and entertaining. Please, a round of applause and welcome Mr. Mark Thomas! <clears throat> Very much for coming on. That's uh, a pleasure. First of all, your show this year is called uh, "How to Put on an Opera in a Bungalow
1: in Bournemouth." It's called Bravo Figaro, but that's that's essentially what it's about. Yes.
4: And what what happens in it? Is it genuinely about putting on an
1: opera? Um, What it is 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 about my dad, who um, is sort of uh, to the right of Genghis Khan, really, (laughs) but without the verbal dexterity. And he, he and I had a very problematic time and um, he used to love playing opera he just he was working class uh, Tory voting uh, left school with no education became self-employed builder and discovered opera uh, late in life which is quite a sort of a, a weird thing for someone from that background to do I hated it I thought it was disgusting I just couldn't bear it it's just you know you should stick pins in people Mm-hmm. And, and what happened was he developed uh, an illness called progressive supranuclear <laughs> palsy. And dementia accompanies all the physical symptoms. And so we kind of start to lose my dad. We starts to lose who he was, who, you know, as a person. You just lost him. And uh, as that started to happen, I started to listen to opera. And it was only sort of standing back and looking back on it. That I suddenly went, oh, right, I'm trying to reach out to my dad and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. So I started to go and see it. And um, through a bizarre series of circumstances, I ended up, I was asked to do a performance for the Royal Opera House. I was I know, I know, I look like the type of person. I know, you're all sitting there going, no, that's, that's, that figures, Mark. <laughs> and um, I was asked to do a performance for this festival and I said, I'll do it, but I want to borrow your opera singers. And they were all kind of like, what do you mean borrow? And, I was, and you had to go, well, I'm not gonna kidnap them, you know, you will get them back. Um, and I'm going I want to borrow your singers because I want to put on a concert for my dad, and he doesn't get out, dementia, can't concentrate, he's going blind. So we put on a concert, um, an opera concert, in the living room, in a bungalow. He lives in Bournemouth. I mm-hmm. mean. And he... Uh, it was the sto- it's, That's the story. It's the story of how we did that.
4: Um, it's uh, a very interesting thing to put on a, sh- a personal show. And so this year, my show is about uh, the fact I can't get married. And, you know, it's the most remarkable year, having a show that I'm actually proud of for the first time. Mm-hmm. Because it's, but that's that's, that's exactly
1: what we should be doing yeah do you know the whole point of freedom of expression is that you actually bother to express yourself mm-hmm. you know that's the whole gig and um, that's it, it seems to me pointless that you would come up and go right I shall <coughs> construct a stand-up set around right this we'll have 10 minutes here. And we'll do a little bit here then we finish up with the Queen a parody and a blues number you know that seems to me slightly... but the thing is you
4: have to go back to the reason why you wanted to do it so I, I gave up uh, law to do this quite late in life And you get led down a certain path. That is
1: fantastic. Yes. You gave up law to be a stand-up. Oh, no wonder your parents are pissed off. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, Jesus.
4: It's exactly what you're saying about the fact that I'm saying something. And I think audiences have connected more this year than they've ever done. It's something that you must experience... A lot because of the shows that you do, just that connection. Yeah, the
1: people come up to me afterwards and they try and... You know, I just say, touch the hem if it helps, that's fine. Yeah, you want to connect with people, obviously. If you don't connect with people, you have sort of fundamentally failed in the gig.
4: But it's a disposable thing. What right. do you mean it's
1: a disposable well, thing? Well,
4: comedy can be quite disposable now. It's not so disposable, example, it's ephemeral, no, there's it's, a difference. Yeah, no, no, but when people go and see, So, for example, I'll speak to And people, as a lawyer,
1: you should understand that. I it.
4: do understand that, <laughs> but my argument, my lud, if you'll listen...
1: Is. I don't think I will, I object.
4: OK. Overall. I
1: object on the fact that you're the interviewer and you're talking too much about yourself, and it's about me.
4: No! No! <laughs> now, you've made me feel like a <laughs> dick.
2: Oh, a hit, a hit, a palpable hit.
4: You've made me feel like a fucking dickhead, no? <laughs> I was trying to make a point, which was positive about what you do.
1: <laughs> I'm and sorry. I'm sorry. If you've, I didn't realize it was. Praise. Cut that Go the ahead. fuck
4: out. Okay. <laughs> Not having any of that. <laughs> Somewhere halfway through the interview, do you know, changed. Just... So, Mark Thomas, who the just... fuck are you then? <laughs> That's nice. Oh, you're looking well. Where's your show? Who gets a shit? Are you sure shits? you're... Uh, lovely. My point, Mark... Please carry
1: on. I do apologise. ...was if apologize. you speak
4: to people at 11 o'clock at night about anyone's shows, they'll say, I went to see something, can't remember what it was. Right. But if you go and see good shows, like, for example, one you might do, they go, I saw Let's, let's just Thomas. put that in the
5: hypotheticals. Yes, I
4: saw Mark Thomas, I saw a show about X, Y, and yeah, Z. Yeah. So, Mark, every question is now addressed to you. Mark.
1: Suddenly, the legal training kicks in.
4: What do you see as your greatest achievement? Um, well, your think- comedy is campaigning.
1: <laughs> Fair play.
4: Yeah, listen. It's been an education if nothing else. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I thank you for that. No, Mark, it's been a pleasure. On, Mark, lovely. Thomas, it's lovely. Mark Thomas, Mark Thomas, everybody. <laughs> is an Olivier Award winning actor, an accomplished stand-up and has worked very hard to distance himself from the character Joe and Neighbours, we won't mention it. <laughs> Tiffany Stevenson is one of the funniest stand-ups working in the UK circuit right now as one of the stars of ITV's Show Me The Funny. I won't mention that either. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Tiffany and Mark! <laughs> Hello to the two of you. Hello. 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 So first of all, it's uh, middle of week two. Yep. Festival so how's, how's it going
6: for you so far? Good, I'm loving it. Um, I've got some really nice crowds. I've had some people who've come see it about three times. They're probably mental. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Do they sit at the front? Uh, no, they come up afterwards, because after the show goes down, I like to come out back from behind my curtain, ruin the showbiz, and then say goodbye to people like it's my wedding day. <laughs> I like to go, thanks for coming, thanks. Uh, and then I see all their bright, shiny faces, and then a woman came over and went, I've been... I bring people every time. I'm like, good, good. She's like a one-woman fan club. Does she bring people of their own volition, Tiffany? I don't know. I'm not saying there were any restraints. I'm not going to go Fifty Shades of Grey this early in the day, really. Uh, But uh, (laughs) uh, that number's been ruined forever, hasn't it? By one book. The number 50 is forever ruined. <laughs> yes, Mark,
4: how's it going for you?
7: Yeah, great, mate, yes. Well, yeah? feel-good factor's been high with Team G's success and all the gold medal in the Olympics, so we've had sport and art running side by side. And the weather's been amazing. I yes. mean, you know, uh, if we ever needed any proof that climate change is real, <coughs> just look at four days of sun in Edinburgh in a row. <laughs> it's
4: been the best
6: festival weather I can remember. Brilliant. It's uh, distressing. It is uh, distressing if you've got a nice floral cagoule and you really want to wear it. <laughs>
7: <laughs> this is a great, it's good getting drunk weather, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's a great, town, a great town to get drunk in Edinburgh because you just know that no matter how pissed you get, you're not going to get hit by a tram. No. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> waiting for an Edinburgh tram is a little bit like waiting for Scottish independence. <laughs> No, it's really polarised. Some
4: people applaud that. No, some people you
7: think I thought there'd be a lot more Mel Gibson about it up here, but no.
4: Well, I think the thing is (laughs) that it's a decision that everyone has to make.
7: That's right. Stop talking, Susan. (laughs) I think Team GB has set Scottish independence back about twenty years.
4: Yes. It and uh, you know, fair enough.
7: Watching Andy Murray, I never thought I'd actually fall in love with Andy Murray, no offence, but I did. I fell in love with the boy, and uh, him giggling along to the national anthem up there on his podium. <laughs> Goodbye, Scottish independence. <laughs>
4: Must not talk about
7: <laughs> <laughs> You go, sister, get your word on and go right, at it. Not yet. Cry freedom, go Now's, on. No, no, no. Now is not the time. <laughs> under the amnesty banner, we can say whatever we like and we're not yes. going to get thrown in jail or anything. There's
4: a, there's a couple of years to go before they unleashed the Kraken. And...
7: So. What, the like, Edinburgh's own pussy riot?
4: Yeah. It's just me and the wife on a night out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, one day you'll look back on this, when I'm in prison. <laughs> See, I saw her before she scaled the Scottish part. Anyway, so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a good question. Right, there you go. Tiffany, you're yeah. in prison for saying something bad about the government. <laughs> what comics do
6: you want at your benefit <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Susan Cameron and Mark Little. Hey, <laughs>
7: nice one, sister.
6: Probably Phil Nichol, who was on, uh, as I run a club with him, so he would be up there. Rich Hall, Joan Rivers. There we go. That's a good. Good. That's a pretty. That's a pretty awesome <coughs> lineup, yeah, right it's, there. Mark, you don't need to see Tiff or I.
7: Who are the hardcore political comedians in Britain?
4: Fuck that. You want people to come? Yeah.
7: <laughs> oh, well, get Jimmy Carr then.
4: Yeah. I you love. You don't need to have worthy people yettering on about worthy stuff. It can be people that are actually funny.
7: Oh, I detract Jimmy Carr then. Uh... <laughs>
4: I didn't see that
7: Poor old Jimmy I mean good luck to Jimmy That's all Good luck to him But he's always reminded me Of a ventriloquist dummy Young Jimmy I
4: think Jimmy Carr Is an exceptional comedian And I'd like to be on his show So (laughs) Anyway Now listen This is the secret comedy podcast We're thinking about secrets Tiffany What is the biggest secret You have ever given away? (gasps) <gasps>
6: or oh. kept.
7: <laughs>
6: well, this feels weird talking about something. I, I did a show last year, which is all about... This is going to be a bit poignant and weird. I did that a show last year about a kid I could have had when I was 17, and my dad didn't know about it until he came to the show. So that's probably oh, the biggest secret geezer. I've ever... I did warn him before. I said, there's going to be something at the top of the show which you don't really know about, and I hope it's okay. And then afterwards, he was really emotional and gave me a cuddle and said, it's the best thing you've ever done. So I, I yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, I'm looking at all of these faces oh, here. Jeff. I'm still going to carry on using contraception. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> just lovely young. But yes, it was, uh, that was kind of the arc of the story. So, you know, you we were saying about do things that matter to you and do things that are important. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a firm believer, obviously, in pro-choice. And uh, I think this was a good example of why you know, I would definitely not be here now in the situation that I'm privileged to be in, being able to do comedy all over the world, if I'd have taken a different path when I was that age. So there you go, that's probably the biggest secret. I... Tiffany,
4: thank you very much for sharing sure. that with us. Oh, so thank you very much. <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. Mark, it can be frivolous, you know. You don't oh, I know, that,
7: but that would be churlish after such no, an admission. No,
4: biggest uh, secret that you've ever given well, I away. Well,
7: I actually knew all that, and I... <laughs>
6: It, and it I've been t- keeping
7: it quiet, and I'm glad. <laughs>
6: it-
7: <laughs> yeah, it was me. I am that father.
6: <laughs> well, this you. should be more
7: like a Jeremy
4: Kyle show. I don't know. If, uh... <laughs> Tiffany, you've not seen him in a few years, but uh, <laughs> here he is, all the way from Australia. Um...
7: <laughs> I want that DNA test. I want to see that DNA. Yeah, test Yeah,
4: lie detector. That's my favourite. A lie detector test. <laughs> yeah, we could do them. Mark Little and Tiffany Stevenson doing their bit for Amnesty International. Give it up for them, everyone!
7: Good work, brothers and sisters!
4: This week in Edinburgh sees the return of the Comedians versus Critics football match refereed by Amnesty International on this year's bit of a grudge match. We sent Dana Alexander on the road to find out a bit more about it.
3: I've heard a little bit about uh, a football match that's going on in the Meadows. Uh, Amnesty International are putting on a comics versus the critics. Imagine that, I think it's gonna get pretty messy folks. I hear this year it's going to be a proper grudge match. After the uh, critics won last year's game with a massive score of seven to three, I'm uh, pretty sure the comics are gonna be looking to uh, come back on that. So on the comics team this year, we have Mark Watson, Humphrey Kerr, Daniel Sloss, and loads more, including Joel Dahmet, who is joining me now. Hi Joel, how you doing?
2: Yo, what's going on, Dana Alexander?
3: (laughs) So are you prepared for this match?
2: Uh, about as prepared as I could ever be. I've uh, been warming up for months, doing squats. I'm gonna blow minds, I'm gonna blow minds.
3: You don't strike me as a football guy.
2: Well, this is the thing, right? I've been like, the last uh, last two years in the Critics of Comedians football. Uh, and then every year, for about three days afterwards, everyone comes up to me and goes, you don't look like you'd be good at football, Joel. Well done. <laughs> I'm all right here, you know? It got quite physical last year. Like, it really did. Any injuries? I can't remember what Critic was. my might have been like Julian Hall or something like that who literally just got like completely taken out. And I got like a weird review from him a few days before, so like everyone on the team was just like, yeah, kill him! (laughs) It was amazing, it's such a brilliant thing to do. Like I think it's such a lot, and it's obviously for a very good good cause as well.
3: Are you confident that you guys might win this year? Do you have any tactics that you're going to employ?
2: What I like to do is make me look like I know a lot about football. I just randomly shout a rule every now and again. Like I'll be like, corner! And everyone will be like, oh he knows what he's talking about. go, offside mate, offside And just say referee about every 35 seconds, and then everyone's like, that guy is a pro.
3: All right, folks, so we're actually gonna find out if Joel is. all right, at football we're going. We have a football here, folks, and uh, and we're going to see how many keepy uppies Joel Domi can do. All right, you ready, Joel?
2: Before we even start, I want to sort of uh, contest the legibility of this football. Uh, it's actually it's more like a sort of a beach ball type football. Um, the, the shape of it is slightly warped. And uh, and so, you know, I, I mean, if I don't get many, then I want to say it's not based on my talents. It's
3: excuses, excuses. You're right, it is a shit football. It's the <laughs> truth, it's like a child's ball. But you know what, this is a test. Are so you ready, Joel? Bad
2: footballer always blames his balls.
3: <laughs> oh, oh. So I'm gonna count along, folks, here. He's going to start and go. Anytime you're ready. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh, eight, nine, ten. Eleven. Eleven! He does look like he might have some skills, so I think you guys should come. Apparently, it's going to get proper dirty.
2: It's going to get proper dirty, people. Dirty. By that, I mean we're going to take our shirts off and hug.
4: That was Dana Alexander and Joel Domit there talking football and doing keepy-uppies. Get down and see the match on the 19th of August at 2pm on the Meadows and see you get proper dirty. (laughs) Now, I think we need to end on a song. The Guardian described her as Dolly Parton seen through the lens of Mike Lee which we think is a pretty apt description. Ladies and gentlemen, Loretta me.
8: Hello. Tiny Susan Coleman. Tiny, tiny. Um, I'm really pleased to be asked to come and do this show for Amnesty because... I know how you're feeling. There are so many nasty things in life bring us down like war and famine and war and more wars that threaten to blow up other people's towns but big world threats are hard to get there don't have no immediacy i can't get mad about jihad it's the little things that bring me People with the wheelie cases in airports should be shot and bricks. Pick up shit that comes out of your dog's ass. And yummy, mommy, sorry, but my coffee is just as important. No, I won't lay a giant off-road. Three will push their path. And I hate Indian call centers. Yeah, I said it, I hate Indian call centers. But most of all, I hate Scottish call centers they think their accent's charming well that accent isn't calming i don't care how charming your accent is i never bought no ppi what the hell is ppi and i hate that i'm sucked in by the latest fat and dieting and i hate that i will cry at anything that jennifer Anderson is in and i wish that i was well read but i reach for take a break instead you know what makes me lose it what makes me scream so angrily it's when chris evans goes on holiday and we get Mr. Cameron, while I'm here Hope you don't make it to the end of the year Cause you're such a waste of space With your freaky tiny face And I know things are serious in Syria Greece is fucked financially But I think that you'll agree if the Wi-Fi isn't free It's a crime against our humanity It's the little thing Those tiny things The little things That bring me down Thank you
1: Amnesty Secret Comedy Podcast
4: coming don't forget you can get involved as much as you like if you visit amnesty.org.uk please subscribe to the itunes feed and you'll get the next secret comedy podcast absolutely free thanks for listening i have been and as far as my parents retain responsibility for me legally susan calman
2: Thanks so much for listening everyone. Remember that you've been listening for free, so if you'd like to do your bit for Amnesty International, who've provided this free comedy podcast, please give £3 by texting SECRET to 70555. That's 70555. Text costs £3 plus one standard message. Refer to your tariff for details. Amnesty UK receives at least £2.85 from every £3 donated. Over 18s only. Please ask bill payers' permission. See full terms and conditions at amnesty.org.uk slash sms terms. Amnesty's Secret Comedy
5: Podcast is a Dabster production for Amnesty International.